0: Hello, welcome back to the Game People podcast. My name is Paul Coven, and I write the Family Gamer section. Today I'm going to be joined by a variety of writers from the site, each with their niche perspective, and we're going to be looking at Resident Evil.
1: Come and join the gang of
0: reviewing artisans, see it from every angle. Oh. Just like we did last week with Zelda, we're going to work through the Resident Evil series in order and we're going to bring in a variety of opinions from the writers on the website.
2: Right,
0: I've got with me a, a crack team of Resident Evil experts. Let's introduce them. Alex.
3: Hi, I'm Alex Beach and I'm The Scared Gamer and I write about games
4: from a scary perspective. And John? Hi, I'm John Seth. I write uh,
1: Dress Up Gamer. I'm interested in the role you play within games.
0: And Mark? Hi, I'm Mark Clapham. I'm Story Gamer and Game People and I write about stories and narratives in games. Last but not least, Sinan.
2: Hi, uh, I'm Sinan Kuba. I'm the returning gamer. I look at games from the perspective of having missed out on them for quite a few years uh, during my university time.
0: Well, let's get into Resident Evil. Anyone uh, want to start with some of the earlier games?
3: Absolutely, actually. (laughs) Um, It's what got me onto my scared gaming kick from a very young age. I think I was 16 when they came out. And okay, looking back now, I probably would regret this, what I'm about to say. But at the time, they were like Shakespeare, even with their stilted acting. It was an eye-opening experience to be thrust into a world that was so fully voiced. and well, for the time, it looked so real. Was that your first impression, Alex? Yeah. it really did strike you that way. Well, I might be, I'm definitely exaggerating with Shakespeare, but it was the first time I'd seen a game that was fully voiced, the first time that I had been in a world that was so believably 3D or so recognisable as a real world, and
4: certainly just the first time that I'd got that involved in a story. I mean, because I, 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 even though I ended up absolutely, loving the first game um, I really started off from a different place I, I remember renting it and uh, putting it on and uh, there were just the the voice acting in it was so laughably bad that I almost didn't get past that point point. Um, and, I, and I, it went back to the shop at the end of the weekend and it was only months later that I revisited it but you know it was, it was that that was the first impression for me. I was a bit um, younger than Alex when I played
2: the first Resident Evil I think I must have been about 14. Uh, when it came out, and I was playing it at a friend's house, and I, I, I also kind of did notice the, the bad voice acting. But to be honest, to be honest about it, I, I was still terrified by that game. Uh, I was playing it with a friend. We played it in the dark, and uh, you know, like like Alex was saying, there just hadn't been a game kind of at, uh, as not realistic's the wrong word, but it, it had
4: an atmosphere which I don't think other games had. It it, it was really very visually realised. I guess that's that's the point once you got past once you got past that initial reaction and you actually started exploring that first mansion there was an early point in that game where you turned a corner and a cutscene of a zombie turned to look at you and I think it was at that point I realized what I was getting into and and never got out of it really it was just you know that that sort of Moment of really sort of feeling as if I'm in the character in the mansion, and you know, you know, the terror sort of starts from there. I think,
0: yeah, that's interesting but to hear because um, that really hooks into your your dress up gamer um, perspective, doesn't it? Um, is that I mean, were there games before that that you found the same sort of like role play sort of experience?
4: I'm sure there were, but um, they were mostly in my head, if you. If um, I, I think Resident Evil was the first time where you had, had the, the graphics and, and the experience to actually sort of give you a real sense.
0: Yeah, so Mark, let me let me bring you in on a story gamer perspective a bit earlier this time. Um, is the atmosphere and the experience that um, John and Alex are talking about, is that just a technical achievement? Or is there something going on in, with the story in these early games as well?
1: I mean, for that very first Resident Evil, which I... Played a bit at the time, wasn't, you know, liked it, but um, ultimately never really got hang of the sort of control the, the control system. I mean, that first game wasn't quite as polished as it could have been. It's a group of souped-up policemen uh, trapped in a house with monsters. Uh, the excesses of the Resident Evil story uh, ongoing storyline, which I'm sure we'll come to as, uh, as we get to later games, just they're not there early on. It's a very simple horror movie premise mm-hmm. in the first game. I
3: found that quite exciting, though. I mean, it, I find it a lot really involving to just be, we are stuck here, we're trying to get out, and it's terrifying, we have no idea what's going on. I thought that was a really effective way of dealing with that first introduction, that you're being introduced at the same speed the characters are, and there's a sense of desperation to it.
1: Oh, yeah, but, and there's, there's, there's definitely an argument that Resident Evil has got away from the simplicity and the appeal of that original house full of monsters premise as it's uh, gone into these sort of more epic action adventure conspiracy things later on. Um, there is, it is a it is sort of very strong starting premise and the extent that the, the wild sort of mutated creatures and things like that are a step above your standard
0: mm-hmm.
1: zombies and vampires and whatever. It's a bit crazier, it's a bit more out
0: there. As the series progresses, then we get on to Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three: Nemesis, and on to Code Veronica. Without getting ahead of ourselves, how does the experience change from each of your perspectives?
4: From my perspective, um, I think Resident Evil Two was the sort of the the real sort of start of the, the zombie apocalypse. So, if the first one was stuck in a house, the second one was essentially stuck in a, a city. Uh, but uh, there were zombies all around you and there was, a, uh, there was a greater feeling of there was nowhere to to hide. The second
3: game really introduced the fact that the two stories were running concurrently because in the first game they ran
1: independently along the same, they took each other's role. I don't know how many people didn't actually realise that it's only when you've played through as both characters that you actually get the full ending. If you did it the first time and then you changed
4: character, then you got different point of view at slightly different events mm. but then if you went back once you'd done that second character and played the first character again, then that changed that story ever so slightly and so it kept sort of like having this knock-on effect
0: I'm aware we need to press on so um, we're, we're looking at um, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis and then Code of Veronica which it seems to be as someone who who's only dipped in and out of these games, it's quite interesting because that's the point whereby they switch platforms um, and make potentially sort of a misstep in terms of allegiances and leave PlayStation um, and go to Dreamcast with Code Veronica. Is there anything more behind that story?
1: It's, uh, yeah, I mean, the Dreamcast, the Dreamcast version of Code Veronica came out, but I mean, I think the PS2 version was not a huge... A huge distance behind, was it? It was, it was um, Code
3: Veronica X as well. It got extra unlocks in there. There was extra stuff on the disc. But the, the whole Code Veronica thing was part of a deal with Nintendo
0: mm-hmm.
3: in in light of the GameCube's upcoming release because um, they made a deal that they'd only released numbered parts of the series on Nintendo platforms, which is why Nintendo got
1: 0 and
0: 4.
1: Oh. Ah, but then it's, that's why Code Veronica kind of blatantly <laughs> yes. Resident Evil 4. I mean, it's considered... Uh, you know, this is my excuse to drag Nemesis back because we skipped over it. Code Veronica is, as far as, uh, is, is actually the main, the, the proper next chapter as far as Shinji Mikami, the series creator is concerned um, after Resident Evil 2. Uh, they, it was in development at the same time as Nemesis, pretty much. Nemesis is a quicker, is a sort of relative quickie, is quickie sequel. It comes out a year after Resident Evil 2. It's set in Raccoon City. But again, and it has this, what I think of as sort of one of the, uh, this is gonna sound very arch, but one of the sort of great, great modern story types, which is the, the big American city collapsing, the, hmm. uh, in this case under a zombie apocalypse, the idea of civilization sort of crumbling, and the citizens turning into these monsters who turn against you. And Nemesis does that as well as Free, and it has a lot of the same locations. But does this incredibly complicated loop around what happens in two? Um, it in that half the game takes place before the events of Resident Evil Two.
0: As someone who's in and out, it's just fascinating to hear, you know, how complex both the story and the sort of trajectory of these games is. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's
1: it's that it's that jump from it being a soul game about a haunted not haunted house but a monster infested house to being this whole elaborate world of conspiracies and counter conspiracies and multiple characters and, and family saga as well there are you've got nemesis this monster which is following you which has this it's still my phone ringtone actually this notorious <laughs> music whenever the bloody yeah. thing jumps out at you that's very hard to kill. You have these big big shocks, and I have friends who played it for 20 minutes, put it down after the first Nemesis attack, and refused to ever play it again. Yeah. Uh, because it scared them so much.
0: Well, that's interesting. Let me bring um, Sinan in on that because, you know, somebody who played the earlier games, and then potentially, um, from what you're saying, it was slightly absent in these sort of middle years. How, how, how does it feel hearing these games being discussed, maybe at a time when you were sort of absent? Well, I, I,
2: I did want to jump in because I, I was really interested by listening to, to Mark talk about it because uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3 are uh, uh, the games that I, I missed. Um, I, I tried Resident Evil 2 demo and just couldn't get up with the controls. And But you know what, I've got exams. It was, it was my GCSEs at the time. I can't justify wasting my time on this. I don't know why I didn't... It's, the controls weren't that different from Resident Evil 1, to be honest, but for some reason... I don't know the fickleness of childhood. They, they annoyed me second time round, mm. um, and so I came. The game I came back to the series with was Resident Evil Four,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and before I did, I went and looked back through the backstory because there was a there was a website. I don't know if it's still around, but it, it had the whole chronicle of what happened between Resident Evil One and Resident Evil Four, and I've got to say it looked like the most convoluted rubbish I'd
1: ever read. It was. Is that the notorious story FAQ that's still on Game Facts? The one which is like ten thousand words long. It, it might well be that. Um, that, I'm, is I'm not... I, that is one of my favourite things on the internet. I've read, read that. But I'm not joking, I've read that uh, several times in, in full.
2: Do you think it was a very deliberate thing to make the story that, that convoluted and to kind of give that,
3: that almost cheesy horror movie vibe of just too many things going on? And
0: uh... Alex, what do you yes. think?
3: Anybody played any Japanese games, especially Shinji Mikami, who was key in a lot of the Resident Evil games, um... Yes, they don't have a very... There's no need for consistency a lot of the time, and a lot of plots here, they, they're they far more willing to take an idea, a concept and run with it in various directions, and, and it all comes from one place. Like, I watch anime, and it's like, if I were to sit back and pause it all, it wouldn't make any sense, you just have to run with it.
0: Yeah, I think that, that's often the case with some of these games. As insiders to the fiction and to the stories, it all makes sense, and the little sort of tip of the cap or whatever, to various parts of the backstory makes the game experience sort of more compelling. But then as an outsider, or when we step back, it can be almost bizarre at the, the, the sort of elaborate um, ways they're going about making the game yeah. proceed.
2: I think it's worth kind of putting an aside on here that this is me going and searching for this information. If you actually play Resident Evil 4, it doesn't really try too hard to touch on Mm -hmm. much of what's gone on before it, which I really appreciated. Actually, I I didn't have any problems coming back into the series of Resident Evil 4. Mm -hmm. And I think that actually just signifies how, how... Larger departure that game is from the from the series, and you think I mean even I know that Resident Evil one to three there's kind of a lot of similarities between those three games, and Resident Evil four is this huge great big departure, which I'm sure uh, the other other guys in this cast could talk about more. Yeah,
0: so let's just spend maybe five minutes just um to bring this being the series into land before we sort of reflect more of the overarching themes. So um, uh, let's pick up on sanan's point about uh, Resident Evil four being a departure from what's gone before. How, how does that work? Not just in terms of mechanic, but also in terms of how you experience the game from your particular perspective?
3: In some ways, it's the first game that casts you as somebody throwing themselves into the situation. Uh, Veronica kind of does, but at the same time, she wakes up, uh, Claire Redfield wakes up in a, a prison through no fault of, by being captured by Umbrella. So she's in a, again, like every other one, she's in a situation where she's trapped. But Leon kind of Knows what he's getting himself into, and him for which I think is a big change for the series. It it becomes a lot more empowered at that
1: point. I uh, Mikami himself has mentioned that you know he he sort of at one point he said that he thought there would be as many Resident Evil games as there were as there are Bond films, and they're about halfway there, to be honest, if you add all the spin-offs on. But it's Resident Evil Four is it's in that. Hollywood mode of the indomitable and five as well, of the indomitable hero who is thrown into a situ sort of thrown into a situation but it is his job to be there you're a lot less on the, you're not on the back foot, you're not
0: being I mean that would be interesting to see how you experience these later games John, looking at how you're getting into the role um, in terms of sort of taking on a knowing hero, rather than someone who's been thrust into the, the shock of a sort of zombie infestation, how, does that does that change how you experience them?
4: I I think um, I really I really struggled with um, having Resident Evil 4 with, within the series because it it just didn't it didn't feel like a Resident Evil game. And if I could abstract myself and just think that this was uh, an action adventure game. Uh, and a very good one, then you know I, I could sort of I could get into the the character of, of, of Leon and re- really enjoy it, um, and, and but strangely um, it's the only Resident Evil game that I've never finished Resident Evil Four, which is bit odd, seems mm. as a lot of people it was their best best game of all time, uh, but it just didn't it wasn't Resident Evil for me. The history of Resident Evil Four
3: is interesting in itself because they restarted development of it. It used to be a lot more like the original games, and Leon was meant to be infected from the start and having hallucinations of things attacking him throughout the story. So, if you've seen videos of that, it's it's a very more a far more traditional looking game. It's far more involved with Umbrella, whereas they completely changed it for the eventual release of Four, putting the camera mechanically, obviously putting the camera behind his shoulder, but also moving it to uh, Spain and. This whole new play, this whole new virus that they started, it felt like a bit of a reboot to me initially. When I not just in terms of mechanics, but also in terms of story, when I started playing it,
4: and it felt to me uh, much more gamey than um, previous games. And sort of examples of that is um, there were were stars sort of dotted around the level that you shot and got bonuses for. <laughs>
3: I think that's
4: only for for the start, isn't it? There's a a, a few things you can shoot glimmering and you can collect things. Um, And and and, then the way that you uh, got new weapons and advanced your character, there's this shopkeeper turns up, doesn't he? Sort of every so often. What are you buying? I was hoping somebody would do that for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I, uh, I I know that the first few games will be, Ridiculous in as much as you could only save when you were a typewriter and you could only like swap items if you had this enormous crate in a room. Uh, but somehow, I don't know, for me, they felt less gamey and, and this adding these elements into four just almost broke the spell for me of, of who you were and what you were trying to do.
0: So, the changes um, you're talking about in four, how it's quite a departure, how did that affect? your experience as someone who's sort of looking for like a horror horror ride in their game, Alex?
3: I really enjoyed 4, but not as a horror game.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Like like Mark said, it's a far more Hollywood action movie. And I think that's where Resident Evil started to turn, probably after Veronica. Veronica was very convoluted and a really strange story. Um, But it still had the kind of classic Resident Evil tropes. And a lot of that came from... The difficulty of control. The moment it shifted behind the shoulder, it became a lot, so much more capable of having the fights, of winning the fights, that it just started to feel. You felt a lot more empowered, and that took mm-hmm. away the horror of the game. Yeah. If I could provide a slightly different look on it, I mean,
2: like I said, I'd I'd missed out on the on the second and third games, and then Resident Evil itself had this kind of break between, uh, kind of. 2000 i guess to, to resident evil 4 apart from a few sort of side games and we, we talked about uh, veronica um so for me i didn't how i don't have this huge love that you guys have for the for resident evil series um i didn't grow up with it really uh to me i do think it is one of the the be- best games of that generation maybe of all time because it, it not not just because it brought changes that were needed to the series in terms of, I think, going over the shoulder and making the zombies actually move a bit quicker. Um, I think it, it's, it has really strong level design, which I think, uh, for me, a lot of the a lot of the early, well, Resident Evil 1 in particular, I think didn't actually have very good level design. I think it was a bit messy and scrappy, and it was more about kind of, here's a scary bit, here's another scary bit. Um, whereas I, I found with Resident Evil 4, there was just more thought put into the actual size of a room that you were in and uh what would be around the next corner and, and kind of prefacing what how you how you approached uh, each each room and i don't know i just i i think um i, I didn't for someone who didn't care about there being no tropes you know continuing on it just seemed a, a really strong game it was the kind of game where i watched it with all my friends and uh you know we would all play and, and sit around watching each other and just Kind of getting into that kind of at, at the cinema of a horror movie, cheering on and screaming and shouting whenever something happened. And
0: yeah, so it's, it's interesting there that you know our different perspectives on these games are really dictating which bits, which bits of them we like, which bits we don't. Um, talked about how Resident Evil 4 is something of a departure. So with with five, is does that does that return to type, or does that carry on the, the steps away from the sort of less gamey aspect of Resident Evil?
3: Uh, yeah, I think they took a really interesting turn of Resident Evil 5 in the sense that it wasn't more gamey. It was certainly trying to be more real like the original games, but it, it went a lot more action focused the, at the same time. They dropped a lot of the like, little game mechanics, like shooting stars in the environment, but they really tried to immerse you more in the world in the second one. In the, sorry, in the second one of the. I consider it the second of four and five. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> it's
0: a separate they really series. feel like they're different games. Yeah. They
3: really feel like they're different games to the originals really love 5 as well, like 4, but I didn't think it was a horror game and I Mm -hmm. think it took the baton from Resident Evil 4 and kept on running but at the same time taking a far more western immersive view to gaming Mm. as opposed to keeping the kind of slightly Japanese gamey game view of
0: gaming. Mm So Mark, was um, Resident Evil 5 another of these sort of Hollywood blockbuster experiences? I mean, I love what you were saying earlier about the collapse of the American city under under weight of some invading force. Do those things perpetuate in 5?
1: I'm not sure that I want to get in quite what Resident Evil 5 says about America's (laughs) attitude to the rest of the world. Um, (laughs) Its approach to Africa is interesting, to Mm. say the least. Let's put it that way. Um, There's no really getting round that... I I mean, I think it's entirely naivety on the part of the developers. I don't think there's any ill intent.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) quite simply, you quite simply cannot do a story about a big white American guy going to Africa and punching a load of Africans about the place and they're all ferocious monsters. Mm. And it not reek of a particularly disturbing subtext. Yeah. So there's that. As a whole, Resident Evil 5 surprisingly does hook back into the early stories. It's about it's about Chris and um, it's about Jill and Wesker as well. And it, it actually, to a surprising extent, goes back to the sort of plot threads set up in the first one and then Resident Evil Zero, which we skipped over as well. Mm. And it does... The remarkable thing is, in spite of it all spreading off and making very little sense, they do take a remarkable number of the disparate plot threads through the previous five or six games, however you count it, and tie them all together. Now the disappointing thing for me is that it was in a game which did not feel like it had advanced very far in the four whole years since Resident Evil 4. but it did sort of tie it up, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quite interested to see where they go with it now. Yeah,
3: the cultural part of it is kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know how relevant this is, but I te- I have obviously Japanese friends, and I basically sat them down in front of Resident Evil 5 and said, "Do you see anything wrong with this picture? Look at the huge white guy running around smashing lots of black people, black Africans' faces in, and uh, not one person saw any disparity in it. And this is all Japanese people and like Mark said, there's a certain amount of naivety to it. There's also some reverence, but they don't quite see the, the oddity, the cultural difference. It, mm. It's not a Japanese person.
0: Yeah, it seems from our conversation that uh, your, the experience of the game, and this is something which we like to highlight in Game People, is dictated sort of as much what you bring to the game from your perspective and your cultural setting and your friends and your history um, as it is the game itself so the combination of that sort of unknowing innocence of the, the, the story they told um, and then the, the particular audience response to it was uh, something which perhaps they should have predicted really
2: You know I, I completely agree with, with Alex and Mark on it and uh, to provide the mirror to, to Alex's point I watched it with, with my friends that trailer with, uh, with uh, Chris going through the African village and we all just sat with our mouth agape and wondered what what anyone at Capcom was thinking um, immediately and of course uh, that's when the controversy
0: sparked Yeah, but for me it seemed like something of the quality of the game was able to weather that storm so it's not, I'd actually had forgotten that controversy and and in my mind at least I had remembered it as a sort of stunning looking Resident Evil game that seemed to take the series forward Um, so is there in in terms of wrapping up um, where we are so far, Resident Evil um, where does does 5 leave us?
4: It's, it's a, it was a completely new experience. Um, I think it was obviously the, it was the first time they uh, added co-op to the series, and I think you know that was a big change, and it was a massive change for me um, experiencing mm-hmm. experiencing that and trying to sort of keep a handle on what was going on in the story, but then
0: yeah, and it sounds like it certainly didn't tick your sort of dress up gamer role play box there. It's, it it's was just playing different part. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, which is obviously that is just completely, completely valid.
3: Actually, it brings up my big issue with Resident Evil 5 as somebody who enjoys scary horror games. That the moment you include co op, you are automatically giving somebody a crutch to avoid being scared. Mm-hmm. It happened in Resident Evil 0 as well, even then, it was computer controlled. But anytime there is somebody, an ally with you in a game that's meant to create fear, it never works because you've got that kind of crutch with you all the time mm-hmm. so especially when it's another person and especially when they can be talking about something completely different to what's going on i i would kind of just dis-
2: disagree a little bit with that in regards to what a co-op can as a, a natural crutch against her uh, creating a kind of horrific atmosphere i mean i i've, I've been playing uh Demon's Souls recently, which is a really uh, <laughs> hardcore game, uh, you know, you, if you die in that game you'll get sent back to the start of the level, which might mean 20 or 30 minutes of progress is removed, and for me that creates in itself a kind of fear, and that makes me think of, sort of Left 4 Dead, uh, which when you think about it, is a is a cop game with a horror setting, but the fear in that game comes from whether if you all die, are you going to have to go back to the start of the level? And I think uh, Resident Evil 5 could have done that. Unfortunately, it had uh, narrow gaps between checkpoints, and there wasn't any real punishment for for dying. And the atmosphere—it's very difficult to create a horror atmosphere in, uh, in Africa in the daylight, in the sun. That—that that is a natural way of
1: making me not scared in the game. <laughs> I'm glad to mention Left 4 Dead because that is a co-op, a co-op survival horror game which does have big shocks which come from both the sudden attacks and those surprises and the build-up to that. I just don't think that... I don't think it's impossible to do that, do that kind of tension in co-op. I just don't think that Resident Evil 5 manages it. And I think part of the problem is that Resident Evil is really silly. You know, when you're listening to that hokey dialogue with somebody else, you just kind of take the mickey out of it, really. And that's what we found, is that it was just irresistible to to just... um, do were running mystery science theatre type commentary on everything <laughs> yeah. you know, because it was so ridiculous. Yeah.
0: And um, it's a shame. So um, that brings us to the, the question of what's going to be next for Resident Evil. I mean, do we know do we know very much about what's lined up for Resident Evil 6?
3: The, the last rumors I heard was a reboot, mm-hmm. although recently I also heard
1: mutterings of Resident Evil 6. We know that uh, Mikami isn't involved. He's off elsewhere. He's a different company altogether now. Uh, we know that you, um, I can't remember the pronunciation, Yun Takushi, I think. That'll do. Yun oh, Takeshi.
0: Oh, yes. Out. Nice.
1: Who did the last couple? He was very heavily involved in the use of Resident Evil 5. He's off doing other things for Capcom, so he's not involved. And there are two main strands that people love about Resident Evil there's the big old house, which is in. Which is, what, uh, which is the first game, and it's what Mikami comes back to when he does Code Veronica. Or there's the Raccoon City. There's a fall of Raccoon City, which they've gone back to again and again, to the point where it's gone from those two survivors to the about 46 running around there at various points.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. That's perhaps some things which are coming up for the series. But if you're someone perhaps like me, who um, has only just dipped in and out very, in a very cursory way, how should I get into Resident Evil, ready for this next chapter, this next instalment?
2: As someone who ditched in and out, I would say do what I did. uh, Start Mm -hmm. with Resident Evil 4. You you wouldn't have the worry of the history of the the first few games if it's not really relevant to that game. And it is remains steadfast. I think it is one of the best games
3: that has been made in recent years.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so don't worry about what's gone before. Start at 4 and sort of move forwards from there.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. If if I were to give a completely emotional response, I'd say play the Rebirth on the GameCube or the Wii. Because that is perhaps my favourite in the series, but certainly I'd agree mechanically, 4 is the one that's probably <laughs> the best and dated the least of the older games.
0: Yeah, so do you think it's a mistake to try and go back, say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it chronologically, I'm going to go back to the, um, the first game. I'm gonna get uh, if you commute,
3: uh, then playing it on your PSP is a wonderful idea. But other than that, yeah. I think it's pretty hard to revisit the first games now. If it's not in a handheld format, Yeah. seeing those graphics blowing up on your TV, it's going to be... Off-putting from the beginning,
0: which mm-hmm. is yeah. A good start. And how about the uh, the Wii games, the um, sort of the more light gun focused experiences? Yeah. Are they worth Are they worth playing?
4: Obviously, really easy games because you just point at the screen and shoot things. But in the background is the complete story of. They are quite enjoyable, and they remove any of that need to be bogged down in the mechanics of trying to replay those first ones so I think if you care at all about the story then they are an excellent sort of couple of games to pick up
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a good place to start We've had a whistle-stop tour through Resident Evil there. It's been really interesting to hear everyone's different perspectives and how we've congregated around different games in different ways and a lot of that has been more about who we are as players rather than necessarily just about the game itself So we'll wrap up our podcast here Um, but I need to remind you that uh, you can um, like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash And you can follow us on Twitter at game underscore people. So um, yeah, be sure to do that. And we will be back in a couple of weeks.